What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Star Wars time. Hey, guys, welcome to Best Movie, Worst Movie, uh, the podcast where we take a category and we declare not discuss. We declare what are the best movies of that category? What are the worst movies of that category? And of course, you know, we are now living in the post era of the new Star Wars trilogy. The new Star Wars trilogy is now behind us. It is in a rear view mirror. And so what better time than now for us to talk about on best movie, worst movie, the best and worst of the Star Wars movie franchise. I'm, of course, one of your co-hosts. My name is John Campia. It is great to be here, guys, and to have you all with us here today. Uh, Joining me, as is normal, first of all, sitting right across from me is the director of a great little movie with William Shatner called Free Enterprise. He's also one of the producers on the Agent Cody Banks movies. He's also the host of Rob's Observations, Mr. Robert Meyer Burnett. Robert, how you doing, sir? Well, once again, John, it's a great pleasure to be here, and I think the force is with all of us. And it has been most of our lives. So let's talk about it more. So deep. So deep. Speaking of deep, he's a swimmer. Was that a pun? Did that work? I'm not sure. He's an Olympic swimmer. He is, uh, of course, Mr. Cody Miller. Cody, it's good to be here. And and I know you've been particularly enthusiastic about talking about this topic. I am so psyched to talk about this because I think that our, our opinions are going to be vastly different. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not the biggest Star Wars fan in the world, quite like you guys, but I am a lover of the Star Wars. Yeah, but you've actually received a medal like Han and Luke. <laughs> and Chewy. <laughs> well, now, yes, I suppose now we can say Chewy got one too. Um, hey, listen, you're talking about a lot of diff- different opinions in this room. Listen, prior to 1999, there were no differences of opinion. Star Wars is the shit. That's it. And that was the common, common belief held amongst everybody. Then came the prequels. And, and it was shit. Which and, rocked. And with those, then came the prequels, which you have a lot of people who did not like at all. You have a lot of people who are defenders of the prequels. And so then there was another long period of time where we thought we're never going to get Star Wars movies again. Then Disney buys Lucasfilm, announces they're going to do Star Wars movies, a lot of enthusiasm. And now we've had the new trilogy and a lot of differences in opinion over this new trilogy. I think for the most part, they started pretty strong. Most people seem to really like The Force Awakens, but then came The Last Jedi, became very divisive amongst a lot of people. A lot of people defended it. A lot of people hated it, all that kind of stuff. And we just had the rise of Skywalker. So... And then in between those, we had a couple of anthology films. We had Solo. We had Rogue One. There was an animated feature film in Clone Wars, the feature film. A lot of people forget about that one. Um, And of course, we just had Mandalorian on the television side as well. But we've got now a very long history of Star Wars, a franchise that, as Cody just so accurately pointed out, has a lot of different people with a lot of different opinions. And we are here today to break down the best and the worst of the Star Wars movie franchise. So uh, we're going to start off with best. We're going to start off with out of this great, rich history of probably, I think it's fair to say, the most influential film franchise of all time. What was the best 
out of all of them. And that's a hard thing to do because you're talking about, again, the most probably the most influential, probably the most significant pop cultural phenomena ever with the Star Wars franchise. Try to say which of those movies was the best one. Cody, we're going to start with you on this one. You get the honors on this one. (laughs) So let's get things kicked off with you. What is indeed and in fact the best of the Star Wars movies? So just to give a little quick disclaimer here, I am a prequelist. I love the prequels so much. I could do an entire podcast talking about why (laughs) Attack of the Clones is in fact a good movie and I enjoy it and there's so much goodness in it. You and Kyle Newman should do a show together (laughs) because Kyle's a big defender. It's so good. There's so much in it. The the arena on Geonosis, the the entire end on Geonosis, I'm like, that's how you end a movie. Incredible. I just want to say, you both are dead to me at this point. I just wanted to throw that in there. (laughs) They're both basically dead to me. That's why I was so excited to do this one. (laughs) You know, I mean, but here's the thing. Like, I, I grew up with the prequels, right? Like, I I remember I was 13 years old when uh, Star Wars Revenge of the Sith came out and I got pulled out of school to go to the theater early to wait in line because this was before you could buy your tickets on your phone in advance. And so obviously there's a big nostalgia factor for me. But I, like you guys, rewatch all the Star Wars movie, at least movies, once a year. And every single year, as I was telling you earlier, John, my my list, my Star Wars list has shifted. But my top movie has pretty much always been the same. And I'm going to tell you why Star Wars Revenge of the Sith is, in fact, the best Star Wars movie (laughs) ever made. Because when you look at the whole arc of the Star Wars movies, of the episodic films that we've just now seen the final conclusion to, it's really all about Palpatine isn't it? It all came back around to Palpatine. And in Revenge of the Sith, we get to see him at the height of his power. We get to see him finally conquer and take over, take the reins to the galaxy. We get to see him battle Yoda, one of the best lightsaber battles in all of Star Wars. I would say the second best lightsaber battle in all of Star Wars, only bested by the battle between Obi- Was it Obi-Wan? Yeah, the battle between Obi-Wan and Anakin at the end of Revenge of the Sith on this fiery planet with lava and volcanoes and just, I mean, that is just, that scene is so crazy. The best lightsaber scene I've ever seen. It also opens with what I believe is the best Star Wars space battle. The opening of Revenge of the Sith is an awesome space battle sequence where they're trying to get to this ship to rescue the Emperor, not knowing who he really was. And oh my God, I can't tell you, We all have movies that we quote. We all have our favorite movie quotes. Some that just stay with us for years that you can text a friend that you haven't seen in a year, a movie line, and they get it immediately and it brings a smile to your face. There are so many quotable lines in Revenge of the Sith that's not even funny. It's over, Anakin. I have the high ground. I can't tell you how many times. It's memorable for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> to me, to me, it's memorable for all the right reasons. And I get people can nitpick this movie and say, it's not Oscar material. The acting isn't the best. Well, to me, Star Wars doesn't necessarily have to be that. And I understand that people, you know, are going to disagree with me and that's okay. But to me, episode not, or sorry, episode three is the best Star Wars movie because there's just the most awesomeness in it. I mean, execute order 66. Come on. Like that whole sequence where where all of a sudden these troopers are turning on Jedi and now they're running and, and the galaxy is collapsing. And I just I could go on and on about this movie, but it's the best. I'll tell you what I listen. I will. I will give give you this. I have always thought that Revenge of the Sith amongst the prequels 
is the least offensive of the prequels. Yeah. So I, I, I think it is the best of the prequels. And, and listen, I'll also say this. As much as I don't love the prequels, there are certain things I have to give kudos to. And one of those things is the lightsaber fights. Now, yeah. I, I mean, Yoda, whenever Yoda has a lightsaber fight, even people who I know people who even like the prequels that don't like the Yoda lightsaber fights, but I do. Wow. I like the Yoda lightsaber fights. I think those are, I think those are great. Look, I have to say one of my favorite Star Wars moments is in Revenge of the Sith. And that is when Palpatine, well, Palpatine does say, he goes, are you threatening me, Master Jedi? And his lightsaber snaps oh. into his hand, that like smaller, badass lightsaber. And when it's when Palpatine is revealed and that whole scene in Palpatine's office is one of my favorite scenes. Mace Windu out the window. Palpatine is unleashed. You know, he's unlimited power. Yes, another line. And, and he's he's def- deflecting his own force energy. It's being deflected back at him by Mace Windu. Which you would have thought he would have learned a lesson from that. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I mean, uh, and like, uh, there's a lot of, to love in Revenge of the Sith. And I, I do love when Palpatine is. He just he's revealed. That's one of my favorite so scenes. Good. All right. Well, uh, I guess I'll go up next here for uh, the best. And to me, there is just there's just no question. L- look, for me, it's the original trilogy, right? They are one, one A and one B. I mean, that's the original trilogy to me. And it has always been as much as I love uh, The Force Awakens and all that kind of stuff. To me, it's still like miles ahead are, is the original trilogy. And then you have the rest of the films in, in certain orders. And to me, the best of the original trilogy is Return of the Jedi. And I, I've got a couple of reasons for that. There's a grander overscoping reason, and that one is just that it just completed everything so perfectly. Like everything about the Return of the Jedi is about the drawing to the end of a journey that we have been through in the initial two films. It's all bringing it all together in the last two films, culminating in the greatest scene, not just in the Star Wars trilogy, nay, I would say in cinematic history. The Emperor's throne room scene between the Emperor and Luke, or between the Emperor, Vader, and Luke, to me is one of the greatest scenes in cinematic history. Again, it's not just a great scene in and of itself. It is the culmination of ever since we saw Luke going, I gotta go to taxi station, take some power. Ever <laughs> since, this was the completion of that journey. And that whole, and the, the I've always said this about uh, action and violence in movies. It's like action and violence in movies are great, but without narrative purpose, action and violence in movies is just visual noise. Everything about the lightsaber fight in that in that Emperor's throne room was about fulfilling narrative and narrative and story was being told as they're fighting and the emotions are coming out as they're fighting. It's amazing. And I will say, no, no, the opening of Revenge of the Sith is not the greatest space battle scene ever. It is the space battle scene in Return of the Jedi as Lando leads that that fleet into take on the second Death Star. That to me is the most incredible as all the TIE fighters are swooping in on the cockpit glass of the Millennium Falcon and breaking away. It's like never has there been a shot like that. I absolutely love that. And I, for one, am a huge defender and love the Ewoks. I think the Ewoks, I actually put up one of my most popular videos that I've ever put up is screw you. I love the Ewoks (laughs) where I go into the thing about these cannibalistic little fierce warriors who will capture you 
burn you alive over a fire, consume your flesh, and then use your discarded sever heads as totems of victory and instruments for their victory celebrations. That's what the Ewoks are, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it is one of the greatest movies ever made. You go to Jabba's palace. Of course, you got that whole incredible scene in Jabba's palace with everything from the reveal of Lando being in there. He's infiltrated the place to Leia and the, the, the classic, every geek's dream, Leia in the slave Leia outfit. Of course, the big escape, all that kind of stuff leading us into the next. It's just the best. It is the culmination of the greatest films ever made. Of course, I'm a little biased on this, but yeah. be that as it may, uh, to me, Return of the Jedi. And listen, that's not to take anything away from the, the brilliance that is Empire Strikes Back, the brilliance that is Star Wars A New Hope. I'm not trying it's not shining a light on one is not to cast shade on another. I'm just saying. When I think back to the greatest of the, all the films, the greatest of those films to me is Return of the Jedi. And that's why, to me, Return of the Jedi is the greatest Star Wars ever made. I also have to give a shout out to the scenes you mentioned in the throne room and in the battle. John Williams score. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, same God. The, the score with the choral music in the battle against the Emperor and the Emperor's Chambers, Invader, and also that lead up. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 oh. You know, when they're going into the and, bum, and bum, bum, bum. It, it, it's the John Williams, I mean, at the height of his powers in 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 those scenes. And you it's what Star Wars is all about. Those two sequences in particular, the entire actually end of Return of the Jedi, the the battle on the planet on Endor, the Endor. shield generator. You're up in the Emperor's chambers with Vader and Luke and the Emperor. And then you're in space with Lando and Admiral Akbar and the entire rebel fleet. And then you find out the. Uh, this fully armed and operational oh. battle station. And <laughs> you it's, may fire when ready. It's so good. I mean, it's it is it is uh, it's great. So, uh, by the way, speaking of John Williams, he just of course got nominated again for best score at the Academy Awards for Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker. Nomination number fifty-two. Nomination number fifty-two. To put that into context. The actor with the most nominations in uh, in Oscar history is 21. Anybody got to guess who that was? Spencer Tracy. Uh, it was the Streep monster. It was uh, uh, Meryl Streep with 21 oh, nominations. Well, of course. And there's only one person ever in history who has more Academy Award nominations than John Williams. And that's Walt Disney himself. Wow. Walt Disney himself. I think it's in the 60s or something like that. But no one's ever going to get the same the nominations that, that John Williams has. So that's kind of crazy. Anyway, so we've got one for Revenge of the Sith. We got one for The Return of the Jedi. Rob, we now move it over to you. What is the best Star Wars movie ever made? Well, uh, this is for me. I also was 13 when I saw this movie. When Star Wars came out, the first Star Wars, and yes, it's called Star Wars, nothing else, Star Wars. When it first came out, <laughs> it really changed cinema because no one, I was a, as a kid growing up, I was a science fiction fantasy and horror movie fan, but there was never a movie that had what I love to say is verisimilitude, the reality of it, the special effects, the worlds we saw, the lived in future, the characters, it, nothing had ever been seen like that before, but. The story of Star Wars is a fairly, fairly simple one, you know, rescuing the princess and and all of that. But it was so well realized. No one had ever seen anything like it. And for me as a kid, when I first saw it, it was the greatest thing I'd ever seen. I mean, in a movie theater, I thought Logan's Run was the greatest thing I ever saw. And that had boobies in it. But then a year later, <laughs> a year later, we get Star Wars, no boobies, but it was the best thing I'd ever seen. I was 10, 10 years old. But that wasn't the greatest thing 
I mean, it changed my life. But I met characters that I fell in love with. I met a universe that I couldn't stop thinking about. I couldn't build enough models. I couldn't have enough books. I couldn't look look at enough pre-production drawings or blueprints. Or I was inundated. And I thought to myself, wouldn't it be great if we could go there again? Because at the end of Star Wars, it seemed pretty definitive. And it never occurred to me as a kid that they would make another one. Because back then, sequels were not the thing. And then they announced... They were making another Star Wars movie. Yep. And I was I got Bantha tracks. I was part of the Star Wars fan club. And they had a patch with the Empire Strikes Back logo, which that crooked the Star Wars outlined the Empire Strikes Back. And the logo that was on everybody's jackets when they were making the movie was Vader's face with flames. And that it said the Empire Strikes Back. And I saw that logo. And I, I lost my shit. <laughs> like I couldn't, I couldn't. And then I started to get worried. Like, how could it be? Could it be as good? You know, I'm now collecting the Star Wars action figures and I'm, I'm like, there's just no way that they could realize. And I now I was older. I was 13. Like you were when you saw Revenge of the Sith. I was becoming a teenager. I was trying to figure out where I was going in my life and what was going to happen. And then Empire Strikes Back came out and I, I was worried. I remember sitting in there in the theater at the UA 150 theater on sixth and Blanchard, downtown Seattle, rest in peace. Uh, the movie starts, the star Wars fanfare theme plays. You read the crawl. It's at episode five now. And then what do you see? Star destroyers again. And then they're yep. dropping out Imperial probe, probe droids. droids. <laughs> and then you wind up on Hoth. And I'd seen pictures and I actually heard the John Williams score before RSO records put it out. I, I'd heard the Imperial March, but I was I could not believe that it could be better. And I thought it was better. I thought the problems that everybody had were deeper. The characters were more fully realized. Luke conversing with, with yo. I mean, we saw, we saw Ben Kenobi. We, we heard Ben Kenobi's voice in star Wars, but we didn't see him, you know, the, the way that he appeared in the Han Solo rode through him in yeah. the Tauntaun. I mean, the design work, the the Imperial Walkers, the Snow Speeders, going to Dagobah, meeting Yoda for the first time, and not realizing like when you first meet Yoda, it was a secret. Nobody knows he was just some troll-like creature that lived in the swamp. And yeah, the guy uh, who does the, the voice of Grover. Worse, not make one great. You know, I mean, and, and you couldn't. And then, of course, the asteroid chase, the Imperial march with multiple star destroyers on multiple planes of existence, bounty hunters. We don't need their scum. Bespin cloud. City, and then the confrontation, finding out, of course, spoiler alert, the greatest the, uh, that Luke is Darth Vader's son. What? And then Darth Vader hands his ass to him, cuts off his hand. Luke is defeated. It ends on a cliffhanger. Like, I'm 13 years old. I saw this movie 26 times in the theater. I sat in the same seat every time I saw it. I spent the entire summer of 1980 my, when I had just turned 13. This movie was was it was the first time in my life where every expectation I ever had about something was met and exceeded. And I think it instilled in me a a um, a sense of optimism that's never left because everything I'd ever dreamed of, every hope I'd ever had was realized with The Empire Strikes Back. And it's a movie that I sat there and watched. It never got old again and again and again. It, it, it deepened and enriched the Star Wars universe. Once again, John Williams stuck that landing. I mean, my God, I didn't think the music of Star Wars could be better. But my God, they're Yoda's theme. The Imperial March, I mean, everything that went on. And then the confrontation with Luke and Vader was like, I could not, 
I couldn't believe what I was watching and Luke lost. So as I, as I was a teenager, I learned I could love something, even though the main character lost as well. What a lesson to learn. My God, <laughs> did this movie resonate with me. Wow. And it was, it just was, I still love Star Wars, but it was Empire that sent me on the way to adulthood. If I've ever actually made it now that I'm a middle-aged man with one foot in the grave, I don't know. But I still have that childlike sense of wonder, that childlike optimism that was earned by the Empire Strikes Back. You know what the, the funny thing is, too? It was the ending of it. There was no nothing ambiguous about the ending. Like at the end of Star Wars... Yeah, Vader survived and spun off into space, but it, it other than that, it felt like the the movie's over. It's over. The bad guys are defeated. The good guys are having a big party and putting medals on everybody except Chewie, and everything's good and grand. But the end of Empire, as they're like, well, "All right, we'll see you on Tatooine, Lando and Chewie, you rascals," and they're standing there looking out into space as the Rebel fleet is assembled. It's like. Oh, so they are absolutely doing a third one, which, of course, was the most exciting thing in the world. But then also you got to meet people like they didn't spend a lot of time explaining like you'd see a glimpse of bounty hunters. And what Star Wars did, the Star Wars films would give you more of the universe by by just dripping and drabbing things in front of you. Like, why was Bosk wearing a flight suit? You know, what did he do? And who is Boba Fett? And how was he able to get Han Solo? And then meeting Lando Calrissian and finding out he sold out his friends. There was the ambiguity of life was an empire, but not the ambiguity of life. That was not in Star Wars. Star Wars was a resounding victory. Like you said, Empire Strikes Back was about how things are getting a little bit more complex, y'all. And that's where I was at 13. Maybe that's why it spoke to me. uh, Yeah. So we've got three different picks for best movie of the Star Wars franchise. So let's start rolling this a little bit backwards now. Let's go on to the opposite side of the coin. Not everything in Star Wars has been daisies and sunshine and rainbows. There has been dark times, the times of the Empire. There have been darker times. And so, Rob, let's go to you. As you look at this, the uh, storied history of the Star Wars franchise, we ended off with you on best. Let's start off with you for worst. What was the poorest foot forward in the Star Wars universe up to now? Uh, you're not going to like this, Cody. Oh, God. Phantom Menace no. for me. No, really? How dare you? Phantom Menace. You? And I'll tell you why. First of all, there was so much buildup. Years and years and years and years and years of buildup. We waited. I mean, Star Wars sort of left the pop culture consciousness in the mid 80s and late 80s after Jedi and beginning in 91. We had things like the Heir to the Empire trilogy, the Thrawn trilogy. Ooh, we had so good. We had the Dark Empire comics from Dark Horse. And then as the uh, 90s progressed, we had the Shadows of the Empire multimedia event with the N64 game that was so good, where it opened with the, the level where you could take down a walker with your snowspeeder. I played that game 100,000 hours. I yes. never got tired of it. I love the controllers. And then they announced the special editions were going to come out. And oh, my God, they're bringing back Star Wars to the theater. And they had that great ad where they showed you a TV. You'd see Star Wars on the TV. And then the X-Wing flew through the TV. And you're going to come back and see it on the big screen. And then it led up to the Phantom Menace. I don't think the planet Earth was waiting to see a movie more than they were waiting to see the Phantom Menace. You're not wrong. Yeah, that's probably fair. And it's a movie that begins with two Jedi at the height of their powers being led into a room. They sit down at a table. And they wait. 
what the hell, man? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, we Star Wars opened up with the the Tantive Four uh, being chased by by a, a Star Destroyer. We saw Star Destroyers launching probe droids, and then, of course, in in Return of the Jedi, you see that the, there's a new Death Star, uh, half constructed, and then but trade treaties, Rob. Trade uh, I treaties. I mean, they're are talking about here. taxing outlying <laughs> systems and uh, disputes and all this, and I'm like. And then you see fully real. We had waited to see Jedi's, real Jedi's, Jedi's from the height of with the height of their powers, wreck and shop. No, they get led into a room. They sit down, and they're drinking water. And I'm like, what kind of a movie opening is this? <laughs> you know, then you see the the, the, the viceroy of the, the Nemoidians, Trans- the Nemoidians, and all that, like, and, and the Nemoidians named after Leonard Nimoy. I'm like, what kind of horrible desecration is this? It was meant as an honor. I know, I know, <laughs> I I like the design, but I'm looking at this, and it was just all downhill from there. Now that's not to say there's things in there to like, but there's so much. There's so much. I, I oh oh it just <laughs> for 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 a universe that had such resonance to me the first three as you pointed out right. all three movies mean something Jedi really sticks the landing um and then you're expecting to see you know the height of the Republic and before the Empire took over and 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 you get the acting is so stilted and it's I did like you and McGregor but I just was like I expected the second coming of you know, a deity. That's what I wanted from Star Wars. And what I got was, you know, a glorified Saturday morning cartoon, basically. Whoa. And, oh, um, shot to the heart. You know, the, nobody could talk. The Nemoidians couldn't talk. They were not cool. The Gungans couldn't talk. You know, nobody had, and Queen Amidala, as much as I liked her outfit, she could barely speak. <laughs> I mean, it was all just very, to me, very, very disappointing. Yeah, now, I, I don't like the prequels. I will say this for for the Phantom Menace. You know, I was talking uh, we were about, uh, you know, I, I don't like the Revenge of the Sith either, but there are these things in it that I like. Yeah. I got to tell you, to this day, the pod race. Yes. Yes. Is one yes. of my, uh, not my all-time favorite Star Wars scene, but one of my all-time favorite Star Wars scenes, the job that Ben Burt does, oh, who yeah. actually stepped up from just being the sound effect guy in the original Star Wars films to now actually being the sound effect and the film's editor uh, for The Phantom Menace. The sound of the pod racing. Oh, every pod had its own sound. So good. I thought the action of it was great. I was immersed. I I love the Qui Gon Obi Wan Darth Maul fight. Duel Uh, of the Fates. Duel of the Fates. Duel of the Fates. Look, there's no doubt that there's good stuff in there. But I'll tell you, as much as I like the uh, the uh, the pod race, I hated the design of the pod racers. Ben Quaternero, Sebulba. These creatures looked like they were from an animated show. I didn't believe that they existed. I didn't. You know, after the cantina and the original Star Wars, now I'm just watching these digital creations that could never evolve in any kind of ecology. I didn't believe them. I wanted to believe there's no verisimilitude there. I did like the battle with with um, Darth Maul. He was such a cool character. But there was that there was that line in the trailer. At last, we will reveal ourselves to the Jedi. You know, last last we'll have have revenge. revenge. It's not in the movie. You know, and you're waiting. What the hell is that? You have this great character and he just gets cut in half and falls down a shaft, just like we'd seen the Emperor do. And I'm like, these guys suck. These Darth Lords are the Sith. They're (laughs) chumps. All the Sith Lords are chumps. I, I, I just, you know, Duel of Fates, great piece of music. I didn't even like the design of the Naboo starfighters. The trade. I'm like, come on, man. I like the design of the queen's ship. 
That was really I, cool. I actually really did like the queen ship. But, yeah, bit, but yeah, just, the star like the sleek cool. yellow looking. But you know what? Now, yeah. now that I've built a few models of it, I have one. I feel differently about it now. I, I find <laughs> I find that the Phantom Menace is 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 I, I made peace with it. But I have to say at the time, and I think a lot of how you love Star Wars is is when you see the 100%. movies. One hundred percent. And when I saw that movie, I was older. Yep. And um, I understood that life was now disappointing. And Star Wars. <laughs> and I went from my youthful exuberance and enthusiasm by having every dream I'd ever had fulfilled by Empire Strikes Back to now learning that life is a hard place, that you never get what you want and never nothing is ever as good as you want it to be. And that lesson was never more uh, uh, graphically portrayed to me as it was in watching The Phantom Menace for the very first time. Wow, well, what a drastic turn from a sense of optimism <laughs> from the first one. <laughs> no, but you know what? Empire won out. I'm still optimistic and All I'm still right, enjoying well, myself. Um, wow, you know, wow. I got a feeling... I got a feeling the film that I thought maybe all three of us would go w with as the worst isn't going to be picked by any of us, Wow! Uh, which especially if we've got a, a, a prequelist over here, which I, I would have thought would have been uh, Attack of the Clones, no which, which really gold, which really does seem to be at the top of a lot of people's lists is maybe the worst Star Wars. Movie. But I'm going to tell you what mine is, because it's not Attack of the Clones. This is the only movie in Star Wars that I walked out of. And upon walking out, and by the way, I was sitting three rows away from George Lucas oh, when I watched this movie. I saw it for the first time at its world premiere at the Egyptian Theater in, uh, in Hollywood, California. And walking out of it, I made a video that I have since walked back on, but I, I was so negatively emotional when I came out that I made a video entitled today is the day my love for star Wars died. That, yeah. Yeah. It, that's, that's Ooh. how now I have, I have taken a few breaths since then and I walked it. Wow. Back, but that's how much I hated it. It was the feature film animated film clone wars. Oh. It is not only the worst star Wars film ever made. It is one of the worst wide release films in cinematic history <laughs> because look, there is certain things that make Star Wars Star Wars, right? And I knew that we were in trouble when Star Wars Clone Wars began and they started with a 1950s radio host. Whoa, I spread across the galaxy. What, what should I do? Blah, blah, blah. Have you, actually, have either of you guys ever been on the Indiana Jones ride at... Uh, yep, at so Disney? good. You know, as you're walking in, you've got that news from around the world. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. You have that guy narrating the opening of the thing, which is like, okay, I think I'm already checked out. I'm 30 seconds into this movie, and I think I'm already checked out. The whole the plot of the thing is getting a creature they refer to as Little Stinky, which, of course, was Jabba's son... Uh, with this new character that everybody loves that I hate with uh, Ashoka Tano as, as a young girl referring to Master Anakin Skywalker as Sky Guy and throughout the movie referring to him as Sky Guy and everything was stupid and everything was dumb and I wanted to squat over and crap in the face of everybody who was responsible for making that movie and I was so emotionally emotionally butthurt and distraught <laughs> over this movie I literally walked out made a video I titled Today is the Day My Love of Star Wars Died I was so wow. uh, uh, what's, what's disillusioned I was disillusioned 
But I'm like, what? You No, this can't be happening. This can't be this bad. And it is indeed that bad. And it's almost unfair to put it on here, but it was indeed a theoretical wide release. Everybody forgets about it because we all want to block it out of our memories. I forgot about it. Like, I, it's just, it is so bad and so awful. So even though there are other Star Wars movies I don't like, none of them come close for me. None of them come close to just how bad that Clone Wars movie was. Now, I know that you kind of have an aversion to the Clone Wars series. I'm just not a big fan. I'm just not, a, I'm not, I, I, it's not that I hate the Clone Wars series. I don't, but I, I don't consider myself like a big fan of the right. Clone Wars series. Because I think I really love the Clone Wars series. And I think what they did is it moved along, especially this, even the sixth season. Uh, I thought it was excellent, but I was wondering if maybe because you had such an adverse reaction to the Clone Wars movie, it forever tainted your idea of what that could be. I thought John was going to go with the most recent episode nine. That like caught me by total surprise. Yeah. I mean, I, look, look, I didn't like episode nine. Right. But I don't have a deep seething hatred for it. it. Like I have this deep seething <laughs> hatred for that Clone Wars movie. Wow. So that's mine. So we come full circle now back to Cody. Yes. Who is a prequelist. So I'm going to go out on a limb and guess he's not going to say Attack of the Clones. No, because Attack of the Clones is gold. <laughs> it's to be clear. It's gold. So uh, take us away. What is the what is the worst of the Star Wars movies for you? So you caught me, like I said, totally by surprise. I didn't even consider that movie um, because it's an animated movie. Um in my opinion, of all the Star Wars live action films, there isn't a bad movie because I am a prequelist. I love the prequels. They're, they're it's it's my favorite set of. Trilogies. I love that you call. I, I, I've never heard prequelist. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm I love this oh, word. Yeah. Embrace I it. I love it. Yeah. So be and because of that. Um, I don't actually think, and there's a, a couple other ones, like we've got Rogue One, which I think we all agree is pretty fantastic. Oh, I love it. And it gets too. better every time it I does, watch it. It does. It really does. And it, I do think it has the best space battle it's in, so in all good. Star Wars history. It's, it is a great space it's a great battle. battle. It's a great so space good. battle. It's really good. So to me, the worst movie is still a good movie. And I chose this movie because it's the least Star Warsy kind of Star Wars movie. And the movie that I'm referring to is actually Solo. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Now I like Solo. It's a pretty good action adventure space, you know, buckling kind of a kind of a movie. Um, it just didn't feel like Star Wars. And we all know, we don't need to get into it, but the crazy drama that went into making this movie, them having to reshoot Miller, half yeah. of it, them firing their directors, and the madness that it was. And like, no one really knew what was going to happen when this movie hit theaters. And although it didn't do as well as they wanted it to financially, I think it was received pretty well i think most people yeah, generally people speak. like that i actually really enjoyed that movie i did too yeah, it felt like a western well you know received. do yeah, we need so, it exactly and that's <laughs> the thing like so as as a prequelist as someone who didn't grow up with the original trilogy i do love han solo but han solo isn't the han solo to me that he is to you guys right but even for me watching this although i thought you say his name is pronounced Alden Aaron, right? Is, That's is that right. right? Okay, so, so Alden, I thought he did a good job, but even to me, it just didn't feel like Han Solo. And I think part of that is because I had literally just seen Harrison Ford on screen in The Force Awakens. Yep. And that's that's how I felt. That's the problem yep. with the movie. That's I think that's the problem with the movie. Because honestly, I'm, I can't bash this movie because it's not a bad movie. It's got some good action set pieces. The really cool uh, the train thing spinning, twisting oh, through the like air. That that, you know, yeah. and, there's, and there's bounty cool. hunters shooting across. Like That's something we've never seen before. But I think aside from that, there's really not a whole lot else that we haven't seen before. Right. Um, I do think that it did a good job 
job of kind of just dripping in little little things here and there, as you said earlier, Rob, that just kind of made you go, ooh, what's that? Or I want to know more about that. And so it was the Star Wars universe, but it just wasn't enough of it for my liking. Mm. But once again, I don't think it's a bad film. I don't think that there is a bad Star Wars film. I love episode nine. Well, there you go. And you know, it's again, I still think it's funny. I thought there was a maybe a 20% chance all of us would come in and say Attack of the Clones. And it turns out none of us did. And yeah. so we've got three different picks for best. We got three different picks for worst, which is amazing. So guys, I guess that means it leaves it to you. What was the best of Star Wars to you? What is the worst of Star Wars to you? Why don't you just find all of us on social media and fire off to, to Cody and Rob and myself what you guys think. Uh, and that wraps up today's installment and this week's installment of Best Movie, Worst Movie. Uh, if you want to fire off some thoughts to me, you can, of course, find me online and on social media, simply at John Campy. That's where you can find me. And of course, follow me on the John Campia show uh, every day, Monday through Friday with the John Campia show at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time in the morning at youtube.com slash John Campia. Uh, also joining me here, of course, Mr. Robert Meyer Burnett. Rob, if people want to fire off some thoughts to you, where can they do that? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Burnett RM. Find me on Instagram at Robert Meyer Burnett. Or, of course, find me on my own YouTube channel, The Burnett Work, and my show, Rob Observations, the show about something. And, of course, Mr. Cody Miller. Cody, if people want to fire some thoughts off to you, where do they do that? You guys can find me on Twitter at Swim Miller with one M on Instagram, just at Cody Miller. And check out my YouTube channel, YouTube.com slash Cody Miller Adventures. And guys, that does wrap it up. And do us a favor. If you enjoy these podcasts, tell other people about it. Take it and embed it on your Facebook page or whatever and spread the word about best movie, worst movie. Thank you guys so much for joining us for this week. Of course, the three of us will be back again next week. I believe our topic next week is best and worst of Tom Hanks, which we're pretty excited about. So make sure you join us for that. That'll do it for us for now, guys. My name is John Campion. Until next time. Bye bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.